Welcome to the Building PA Podcast, the voice of the construction industry throughout Pennsylvania, presented by PJ Dick. Here are your co-hosts, Chris Martin and John O'Brien. Hello, and welcome to the Building PA Podcast. I am co-host John O'Brien from the Keystone Contractors Association, coming to you live from the Quando Studio right here in central Pennsylvania. Joined, as always, by co-host Chris Martin out on the uh, left side of the state. Uh, Chris, what's going on? How are we doing? Well, I have my hand up showing the L like my, I had to teach my daughters. I'm good, John. How are you doing today? Good, good. I'm doing great. Doing good here. Yeah, yeah. I'm, it's, a, it's a good day to have a, a podcast interview, and I think we've got a, yet another one that's kicking it out here with the, the Building PA podcast. And everybody, I'm Chris Martin. I am, as John mentioned, co-host with John on the Building PA podcast, and I'm coming at you from uh, the offices of Atlas Marketing, and we tell stories for people who build things. And uh, so with that, you guys have heard that before, so let's jump yep. into our topic, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Let's, let's do, do this. So. Yeah. Uh, you know, our, our our industry since probably, I don't know, 2008, 2009 or so, so many from our industry and our workforce and our contractors, they've been touched by the oil and gas industry in Pennsylvania. And we've kind of briefly touched on it. You know, we've had some training directors talk about different types of jobs for their workforce. And they, you know, they kind of they kind of touch on it. They're on the outside talking about, you know, some some oil and gas industry tasks and jobs and training needed for that industry. But, you know, we've never really devoted a whole episode to it. And, you know, our contractors, uh, yeah, our contractors deserve that. Our top sponsor, PJ Dick, you know, they do a lot of work in this field and uh, let's give the people what they want. Right, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get in the way. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. So we thought we'd, uh, Give a little, you know, ten plus year anniversary anniversary of uh, update on oil and gas industry here in Pennsylvania. We're going to talk a little Marcellus Shale and talk about the workforce. You know, where are we now as we're digging out from this pandemic, and where does this industry go from here? That's the topic today, huh? We can handle that. Yeah, we got some we got some great guests that are going to really. Drop some knowledge for you. So I hope you're ready for this. <laughs> get ready. High energy. Get ready. Literally. Yes, absolutely. That was bad. Such, I didn't realize it after I said it. That was bad. Yeah. <laughs> such a big topic. We needed two guests for this one here. So please join me in welcoming George Stark and Bill DeRoser. DeRoser? Is that right? DeRoser. Very good. Very good, John. Yes, I nailed it. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, so welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having Bill and I on the show. You know, uh, Bill and I have worked together at Cabot Oil and Gas in Pennsylvania uh, together for the last 10 years. And I definitely would love to give you that overview and oversight of where we are today. But it's always important to understand from today where we have been. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you hit it on its head. There has been a lot of growth. There is no doubt that the Marcellus uh, industry has brought jobs, economic opportunities, and really contractors like PJ Dick and the others just really growing into this industry. And we've seen it firsthand. And in the very beginning, back in 08 and 09, it was new. It was different. Everybody was doing everything. Now, the good news in in the last 10 years, it's settled out. 
And I mean that in the sense that we now know everyone's strengths, everyone's weaknesses, and people aren't trying to be everything to everybody like they were in the beginning when I take my hat off to them because it made sense. Today, we've got a workforce that is, from a Cabot standpoint, it's high-end 90% Pennsylvanians. If we had this conversation back in 08, I'm certain we'd be talking about out-of-state license plates and all that jazz. But what we know today is we've been able to build a network of contractors, of suppliers, of vendors. And again, between Bill and I, someone's going to tell you that, you know, we're Pennsylvania's second largest producer of natural gas. Now, I want you to hear this for a second, though. We're Pennsylvania's second largest. We're the United States of America's fourth largest. And we only operate in one county, Susquehanna County, Pennsylvania. All of Cabot's operations, we're no longer in Colorado. We're no longer in Texas. We're not in Oklahoma. We're all in Pennsylvania. And with that said, we're the fourth largest producer of natural gas. And here's the kicker. I should have teased you earlier, but how many employees do you think Cabot has to be Pennsylvania's second largest producer of natural gas? Give a guess. I'm going to say a thousand. You'd you'd be right to think a thousand. Fifteen hundred, maybe eighteen hundred. Three hundred. Wow. That's it. And for your purposes, as you know, you guys are coming at us from different locations. We've got an office in Houston, Texas, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and Montrose, Susquehanna County. Three offices, 300 people strong. That's it. Wow. You wow. don't do what we do without an abundance of contractors. Absolutely. That's how our business, the Cabot model, works so well. So, again, I hearken back to 08. We, we did. We had our arms around everybody and we were learning. We were shucking and jiving. What we know now is we know a pace. We know where we're going. And we've been able to really settle in on a production level as well as a basis of contractors. And it's wonderful. We have seen the growth of those contractors and their own workforces. We've seen the promotions within those workforces and the growth. We love being that testament to how this industry can grow. I don't want to go there just now, but I know Bill DeRozier will hit upon this. The other piece of it is, it's not just what we do, it's what will come from what we are doing. So it's taken us 10 years, We have a real solid basis for how much natural gas production is here. But the next 10 years should not be about Cabot. It should not be about how many wells did Cabot drill. It should be what are we doing to get the gas that's plentiful in Susquehanna County to market in Pennsylvania to create real jobs, manufacturing jobs, jobs in the petrochemical industry. But again, I know this is a conversation. I don't want to dominate it. I know I can. Chris said it's high energy. I'm going to give it to you all. Because what we've known in the last 10 years is it's plentiful Mm -hmm. in Susquehanna County, Bradford County. 
but we can't do it all in Susquehanna. We've got to get it to Lackawanna. We've got to get it to Luzerne. We've yep. got to get it to Delaware. We've got to get it to Philadelphia, Washington, Pittsburgh, Allegheny. And you only do that through infrastructure. Yep. And if you want to see where contractors step into this industry, it's through building pipelines, building that apparatus that moves that plentiful gas that Cabot's sitting on top of up in Susquehanna County. The way it gets it out is through our partners, Williams, but they're the big yep. producer. I'm sorry. They're the big pipeline company that moves it statewide for us. So again, I'll, I'll step back for a moment to, to give you guys yeah. some airtime there. You Any bet. Yeah, that's, on your end? that's quite the intro there. <laughs> yeah. 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 Bill, you're up, man. How are you going to top that, Bill? Uh, well, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Bill's up already. I didn't do myself a, a service here. I, uh, I, I kid you not, because just think about, and again, Bill will build to this. Yes. It's when you think about, again, companies like Cabot and others, we want to see uh, electricity generated from natural gas. And when you think about, again, a Pennsylvania company like uh, Cabot, there are two electric generating facilities in Northeast PA. One's in Luzerne, mm -hmm. one's in Lackawanna, both built through contractors and a unionized workforce. Cabot is the sole provider of the natural gas to those two facilities. Wow. Normally, a, a facility that's going to take that much gas is going to want to get it from multiple sources to ensure that its supply isn't at risk. That gives you some indication. Those two brand new facilities looked at us, looked at our wherewithal and said, yes, Cabot Oil and Gas can produce not only today, but tomorrow, but years into the future, the right amount of natural gas to fire these two electric generating facilities. So awesome. again, I will give Bill a chance to get in here. Yeah. But the point is, these are the kind of things for your listeners to be aware of, just to show the strength of how much natural gas is here. And at the same point, yes, do I use on a natural gas stove at home? Is my dryer natural gas fired? Absolutely. I'm all in. I've got a fire pit. I've got a barbecuer that's natural gas. But that's old thinking. Because as much as we get today from electricity, we're bringing that to you also. Yep. So I want folks to be aware that when you think about economic development and the growth potential for Pennsylvania, we got it coming in from a natural gas standpoint, but we also have low cost electricity in the Commonwealth, which yep. really does go to what's next. And with that said, I'll step back for a moment. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yes, I, I want to I want to jump in here, George, because that was a hell of a commercial. I got to tell you <laughs> the but the, the aspect of this is and Bill, maybe you're going to answer this. What is that impact that you just talked about getting natural gas out of the ground? What's the impact for the construction industry? What does that mean? I, I want to just make sure we're coming back to, you know, what the Building PA podcast is about. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you know, sure. just to make sure. Um, so, it, Bill, if you want to answer that, please uh, do. I would gladly jump in there and, and take it both from what George was saying 
Where we are today, Cabot's investment has capped $10 billion when you look at what Cabot and Williams have done together, um, when you're talking about the exclusivity of the, the play that we've developed. So just looking in reverse, $10 billion to get to where we are, producing roughly 2.5 to 3 BCF per day of natural gas. The fact that our operations are easily uh, the next century uh, of, of operations. This isn't a fly-by-night industry. We're going to be around for many decades developing wells, developing the infrastructure. We need to, to redo that. So you can easily start to extrapolate out how many more billions of dollars will be developed just from our work alone. And then you could go to the entire industry to get, get that number. But what I'm most passionate about, Chris and John, and, and hopefully this I think is the foundation for the next part of our conversation, is what George had alluded to, the last decade was developing the resource. The, the next decade needs to be using that resource here. Pennsylvania is blessed with proximity to market. Pennsylvania is blessed with infrastructure, rail and highways, especially here in Northeast Pennsylvania. We have 13 highway systems and rail systems, especially rail uh, underutilized on what it could actually handle. We have workforce that's eager, both union and non-unionized work. We have a an education system with 13 colleges and universities within a stone's throw away that could develop everything from technology to laborers and workforce. And we have brownfield sites, old coal land that everybody else has forgotten about, I think is the key to Pennsylvania being able to attract these industries that have gone to places like Texas and Louisiana, the Gulf Coast, where land was cheap, it's flat, it's you know plentiful. They don't have what we have here with our market and our ability to attract it. And that's why we were excited, John and Chris, when we were talking before the program started about Act 66. Act 66 was was part of the Energize PA initiative that a uh, uh, former Speaker of the House in Pennsylvania, Mike Terzai, had, had pulled together. And Act 66 was a way in which Pennsylvania could help attract but more importantly, compete with other states like Ohio, West Virginia, and Texas as it relates to downstream businesses. So Cabot's upstream, the Williams and DTs of the world will be your midstream, and downstream are those companies that take the natural gas and make a value-added product. And a value-added product could be electricity. Pennsylvania has quickly become one of the largest net producers of electricity, sending more electrons out to other states than 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 we've had to even even import to this state in, in many years. But we can also make other products: ammonia, uh, urea. Those are the feedstocks for for agriculture, right? How much ammonia and urea production is in the state of Pennsylvania right now? Next to nothing, right? But yet we call ourselves an agricultural focused state. And granted, we produce more dairy than anything. But the questions asked, why are we relying on other places to make those products? Methanol, a derivative product that can be turned into hundreds, if not thousands of products from paints and primers and plastics, adhesives, the list goes on and on. That's a product that we can consume here in the United States and ship worldwide. It's, it's uh, There's a huge growth potential of methanol in uh, third world and developing countries that use it. It's a, it's, a, it's a stable fuel source. It can be used in so many industrial processes. And we could spend time getting into hydrogen and helium and, and what the next decade of our energy profile will be. I see a lot more conversations about hydrogen as this, you know, uh, greener fuel that we may or may not see in the next decade added to power generation. And they're talking about making hydrogen 
by using a windmill to, to create some sort of electrolysis to create the hydrogen out of, out of a waterway. Hydrogen is found in the natural gas stream that we already have. It could be separated out either in an industrial process or for the very specific reason of separating hydrogen out. And then you could use that hydrogen in some sort of other way, including power generation. So I can ramble on and on. But what I'm talking about is Pennsylvania was a first mover when it came to Act 66. And Act 66 was 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 created with the specific intention of bringing business here where other businesses would go to West Virginia, Ohio and Texas. Pennsylvania could now say we've equalized the playing field. You invest five hundred million dollars, four hundred million dollars. You create eight hundred construction jobs. You pay prevailing wage uh, and you pay benefits to those employees. We will reward you with every MCF of natural gas you use produced in Pennsylvania with a tax credit after you build the facility to incentivize you to be here. I can't think of a better way than outside of Pennsylvania coming up with a billion dollars and handing somebody a blank check for that money than saying, invest your money here and we'll reward you for the consumption of that natural gas. And that goes back to what you were saying, Chris. The more manufacturing we have in the Commonwealth, especially Act 66 derived manufacturing, the more natural gas wells that'll have to be drilled and hydraulically fractured, the more pipelines that'll have to be built. And Pennsylvania can build out this complete value chain inside the state and create more value add for the Commonwealth. Yeah, I mean, we've uh, we've seen it in the Pittsburgh area, you know, with the, the shell cracker plant. We've seen the benefits of offering tax credits and the number of construction jobs and the the just the output, you know, from that, from that plan. And uh, hopefully that carries through to the other Act 66 uh, petrochemical plants, which are coming. I heard there's at least one for sure, maybe by next year, that could, that could start getting a shovel in the ground and start working. But when when the legislation was being drawn up, there no doubt were companies, not just in the shadows, but they were, they were present saying, look, this is the kind of thing that we need to, to really make it work here. Uh, and that's up in Clinton County. So again, you know, to, 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 to Chris's point, you know, we, I love the commercial aspect of what the industry is doing for overall Pennsylvania. I love, of course, providing you Cabot details, but it's the yin to the yang. You know what I mean? Like you need to know how strong we are. We're here for the long haul because if you're going to put investment of four, five, six billion dollars in the ground, you're going to want to say, hey, wait a minute. Are these companies going to be here? Is Range Resources, is Southwestern, is EQT, Seneca, Cabot, are they going to have the wherewithal? And that's why I love putting that exclamation point out there that, yes, in those 10 years time, when you see what the companies like a cabinet has done, that's when economic development professionals and the large petrochemical developers say, okay, my antenna's up. If I want to go where people are and the energy, I need to be in Pennsylvania. Yep. For too long, it was easy to go to the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, it was easy because they had the energy but they didn't have the people. And we have New York, DC, Philadelphia, Boston. Those are the markets here that Bill talks about that we could serve through highway, through rail. And you think about it, 
when I say highway and rail, th that's more contractors. That's yep. more folks who are building, whether it's a physical pipeline in the ground, what we're experiencing right now, it's a virtual pipeline. And a virtual pipeline, you're aware of this, it's actually trucks on the road moving yeah. in from point A to point B right. over and over and over again. Not the way I would recommend it. I'd recommend it be in a pipeline. But what we have seen from contractors and vendors of uh, you know attacking that job, saying we can still do that, it's unbelievable how quickly folks have been able to move it and say, you know what, if we can't put it in a pipeline, this is what our short-term answer is. We'll move it over the ground. Again, long-term, not the answer. I will give kudos to the policymakers in Pennsylvania who have allowed pipeline development in Pennsylvania to flourish. And it was, I was just with some folks, they were talking about the um, energy transfer facility, Mariner East. You know, not only what it means to the contractors and the unions, but what it will mean for Marcus Hook. Those are the kind of things that we are truly excited about. Yep. You know, it was a couple of years ago, Bill and I did a rally. You know what I mean? And, and, and who did we rally? We rallied all our contractors because they are the lifeblood of what it is we do. And in partnership with them, we see job development is that next piece. So we're always, to Bill's point, we're working with the unions, we're working with uh, schools, we're going into the career and technology center saying, hey, get ready. If you yep. wanna work with your hands, if you're a smart kid and you got the wherewithal to pot potentially work outside, learn this technology because the jobs are plentiful. Um, we, you know, Bill and I often laugh, you know, we're, we're, we sort of battle at times, you know, um, school counselors because they're like, well, yeah, we, we got to get our kids to college. No one's saying if you're interested in college not to go. But what we are definitely saying is please don't fall victim that the only pathway to prosperity is through college. And that's the that's approach false. we take, too. Yeah, we take that approach and make sure to. Tell the schools that there's many options. Tell the guidance counselors, parents, and, you know, building trades, college, what have you. You got it, you know. Plenty of jobs out there, and there's more jobs with this industry. So Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and maybe if you guys ever let us back on the, the podcast, we would uh, dive into the work that we do uh, through the state's EITC program, the Education Tax Improvement Program. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel more companies should should be made aware of that, but Cabot has invested millions of dollars supporting thousands of career and technical students in the high school level across the Commonwealth, as far away as Allentown, uh, Pittsburgh, State College, and of course in our backyard. So, I mean, we could dive into that another time. But just, just again, that economic impact we talked about, that $10 billion investment mm -hmm. uh, into the Commonwealth, and then just being able to see people through, help them if they have financial reasons why they can't get into a, a career and technical job. And we don't even care if it's a beautician or culinary. If you're at a CTC school and you have a financial hardship, Cabot um, is willing to assist in that. Uh, but again, that it just builds into that whole full circle economy that we discussed earlier. Susquehanna County down to Marcus Hook. We all need these careers, these, these trades, and so much of it is driven by energy. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, joining us today um, is George Stark and Bill DeRoser 
from Cabot Oil and Gas. And, and, and gentlemen, thank you so much. Um, I, I, I have to admit, if I had hair on my head, it would be blown back from all of the, <laughs> all of the information that you guys just literally dropped in our laps because uh, my head's spinning, John. I, I, what about you? Uh, yes, same here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there is no doubt in my mind that you guys understand your industry and you guys know what's going on. <laughs> uh, but uh, but just the intro. Know, more to come. So absolutely. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, thank you uh, both for joining us today. And um, we will definitely be in touch and get you guys back on here because I could I see a lot of opportunities between. Um, you know, Bill, what you talked about with the, the EITC, George, what you were talking about with the, uh, the, the future and where things are going. Um, so I, I think it's a, a great opportunity for a, hopefully a good relationship, too. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, again, I, we, we appreciate you having us on. We're excited. We think there's a lot of opportunity to talk about the upside in this industry and uh, would love it. Uh, excited to have this first opportunity and hope it's not the last. You bet. Sure. He got it. We'll be in touch. Sure. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thank you for joining the Building PA Podcast presented by PJ Dick. To stay up to date, follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook and visit buildingpapodcast.com to subscribe to upcoming shows. Thanks for listening.